Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You're listening to the Wes and Walker Show. This is another box. Goodness gracious. <laughs> It's West. Oh, it's multiple. We got little soccer balls. Oh. We got rugby balls. We got the basketball. And Walker. These guys are happy stuffed balls is what they are. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. Good Lord. That's going to be a drop. We have. Welcome back, folks. You are immersed in the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We need them back in here, too. I miss their presence not being in here. Well, they got cleaned out. I think it was Colin that moved They're them. right in the fishbowl, but I want them back in here. What happened to your fitty? It was, it was me. Yeah, I did, a little house cle- I did a little house cleaning. I was up here one weekend doing some FC training, and uh, there was just too many balls in the studio, so I did some house cleaning. Wait, and- after all that big old stack of papers over there, <laughs> we've got plates, okay? We the have, plates are valuable, though. We have we have pieces of paper with random things written on them. <laughs> we got a whole bunch of crap, and yet the stuffed jelly balls that we got from Jelly Cat themselves, you decided, no, that's the clutter we need to remove from the studio. I mean, if you want me to just do this over the air, I have asked Colin where we need to relocate the logs. The plates are not leaving. Flounder and I eat way too much in the studio. The plates are a delicacy. You guys never use them. Well, it depends on what we eat. I've yet to see you guys get a plate to eat anything in here. By the way, there's a lot, okay, people? I yeah, mean, this looks like a, we're having a cookout in here, all the plates stacked up. It's it's like it's going to be one of those things where somebody brings too many plates, we use half of them, and then we're trying to figure out a spot yeah. to where we can put the other plates. Yeah, they eat everything inside of the uh, packaging that it comes in. When you guys get pizza, you just rip. The other yeah. half of the cardboard off and put half mm. a pizza on there and go mm. somewhere and eat that. When you get checks, you just eat it out of the styrofoam right, box. Right, so let's that not act in. like you guys are uh, in here eating off of the plate. You but don't like them. Just say it. Just tell Federico, Federico the football that you don't like them. Right. Oh, no. I mean, I, I still have Shay the baseball. He's on my nightstand at my house. So like, oh, I really, you took one home, huh? He yeah. did. He took the baseball. I, yeah, I, I took the baseball guy home, and I thought, I thought the fishbowl needed some, you know, some good decor around in there and it, you know it makes me happy whenever we're in there having a nice conversation and the balls are there smiling at us all right well uh, moving <laughs> on <laughs> talking about carolina panthers football really quick we talked about before the break dj chark uh going down with an injury and at first it was thought to be a little bit more serious but then joe person also reported on twitter or x whatever you want to call it A team spokesman said that Panthers wide receiver DJ Chark sustained a hamstring injury. A league source said it's not considered serious. But if it is indeed a hamstring, this is something that could linger into the start of the season. Yeah, Darren Gann also from the Carolina Panthers says DJ Chark has that hamstring injury. No games that matter until week one. So we'll see what that means. And you're right. Everybody got scared for a moment. And honestly, they should have been. That would be bad. With all the wide receiver depth, how the much problems, would that move up your panic meter? And move up a little bit, Wes. It move up six. a little bit, especially with TMJ out right now. Yeah, I mean because you have two guys that are you know, injury riddled, 
throughout their young careers and DJ Chark just a kind of a normal vet I think at 27 years old. So yeah, that'd be a problem. I mean, it's especially when you want Bryce Young to have everything available to him as much as possible to progress as a rookie in the NFL. So that'd be a problem, but good news, if he misses week 1, that would suck. We'll talk about how that would affect them against the Atlanta Falcons in week two. We'll see. But at least it doesn't seem to be serious long term, which is the biggest thing. All right. Well, it's still team week. We're still talking the Clemson Tigers. Today we talk the defense. Fitty, cue it up, baby. It's the sound you've waited months to hear. Bring your own guts. It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. C.J. Spiller. No one's going to touch it. Biggest heartbreaks. Hunter Renfro. Little man makes another enormous play. It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The smoke in Miami. Watson. Touchdown. And every Saturday, you tap that sign. The wait is over. College football is here. That's right. We're still talking about those Clemson Tigers today. We talk about the defense led by defensive coordinator Wes Goodwin and co-defensive coordinator on the Clemson staff, Mickey Kahn. But when we're talking about Wes Goodwin and how did this defense do under him last season? Well, first, Coach Goodwin was named Clemson's defensive coordinator and linebackers coach on December 14, 2021. Prior to the win over Iowa State in the 2021 Cheez It Bowl. In his first full season as defensive coordinator in 2022, Clemson ranked in the top 25 nationally in points allowed per game, rushing yards allowed per game, yards allowed per carry, sacks, tackles for loss, passes defended, and opponent fourth down percentage. So those are a lot of awesome statistics when you talk about this Clemson defense and the standard they've set over the years. They were also fifth in the ACC in red zone defense. So this is a unit coming back that's got some key pieces back into the fold and a unit that's looking to be even better than what they were last year. So last year, their biggest problem was their passing defense. They ranked 76th nationally, but they do have Xavier Thomas, who is going to help with the pass rush, six-year defensive end, so an older, more experienced guy on the defensive line. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. And then you have, oh, you don't like Xavier Thomas. Man, we've been hearing about that forever and ever. Okay. He gets hurt a lot. I mean, I like him. He definitely came onto the scene. If you remember that big sack against Syracuse about four years ago, he blew Eric Dungy up at the end of that game. And everybody thought he was about to be the next guy, but he's kind of been a lot of potential that has not been realized So it's really all been health. So I guess that's fair. But if he's healthy, then you believe in the ability to contribute for this defensive line? Not really. Okay. Uh, to be well, frank. All right. So Xavier Thomas, <laughs> never mind. Not really. Forget- I mean, this is a guy that even when he has been healthy, he still hasn't gotten back to that impact. Because for one, I thought he got too big. When he came in, he was around 240, 245. He was definitely cat quick off of that edge. And then he put on a, a good bit of weight. The guy's built like a, a Greek god. But I thought he put on too much weight there. So, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm not too high on him. And, and I put that also into our questions as to where they can discover uh, those great edge players that they've had in the past. So Xavier Thomas, 
not having a fan in one Wes Bryant. <laughs> um, only played two games, though, last year. Only played against Boston College and Florida State. So you might be right. I mean, maybe Xavier Thomas doesn't put it together. I don't know if you can put a whole lot of stock into someone that only played two games last year. But if he's healthy, that is certainly going. It, it's better to have him at your disposal than to not have him at all, like what happened in 2022. But even if you didn't think he was going to provide a big impact, you do have Nate Wiggins, who people consider a rising star within the secondary. And that's going to help them finish a little better in that passing defense. But Wes, it all starts in the middle. I mean, that linebacker duo that you have in Barrett Carter and Jeremiah Trotter Trotter Jr., those guys are going to be a force to be reckoned with. No question about it. And to give some love back to the defensive line, uh, also, you talk about the middle with those linebackers. Those guys also in the middle that keep them protected are pretty disruptive. When you talk about Tyler Davis, an all-ACC defender, and Rook Aroro, that is one of the uh, better names in college football. But you're talking about nine-and-a-half sacks and and 17-and-a-half tackles for loss between your two D tackles. So those guys, uh, they make it hard on you. And then also look out for Peter Woods. Uh, the true freshman. This guy's coming in. He's about 330, 340 pounds. You could eat dinner off of his back. I've seen him close okay. up in person. This guy's <laughs> back is as wide as a refrigerator, and he looks like he's going to be the next great Clemson interior defender. Then you talk about, uh, like you said, those linebackers, Trotter, and then you talk about Bear Carter. And neither one of them are huge guys. And Jeremiah Trotter Jr., you might have known his dad, Jeremiah Trotter. That monster. was an absolute monster. And so is Jeremiah Trotter Jr. at Clemson. 92 tackles he had last year, 13 and a half tackles for loss, six and a half sacks. But he's also got range when you talk about him having six pass breakups last season and had some interceptions to boot, including a pick six against South Carolina. And then Bear Carter, no slouch of his own, 77 tackles, 10 and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks. This is probably the best linebacker duo in the country. And I think Jeremiah Trotter Jr. is definitely one of the front runners for the Buckets. And Bear Carter is probably right in there with him. But yes, when you talk about the secondary uh, last season, they got picked apart by Wake Forest and they had some games where they definitely gave up some plays. Uh, when you talk about Nate Wiggins, he's starting to pick up some NFL draft uh, love as far as being a guy that scouts are coveting to this point. Andrew Makuba's another guy, all ACC safety prospect. Sheridan Jones, he's had a lot of potential since he's gotten there. RJ Mickens is also another key contributor in the secondary. But in my opinion, it all starts with Justin Masco and Xavier Thomas. And then you have T.J. Parker and some other guys that will be in the mix as pass rushers. But this is a group last year where your leading sacker was Miles Murphy, who I thought was a little bit underwhelming in his own right with only six and a half sacks with all the athletic talent that he has. But just not a lot of production from the defensive ends last year. A lot of the sacks came from the interior guys. And so that's the thing you want to see from Clemson. Can they get back to the times of the Gaines Adamses and the Vic Beasleys and some of those dogs that they had coming off that edge. All right, so you brought up Aurora. He could have gone to the NFL because of his NFL draft stock, but decides to come back and play for Clemson another year. But also Peter Woods is getting a lot of praise. So if you look at Peter Woods, Dabo said... Woods is ahead of where Christian Wilkins and Brian Brissy were at the same point in their careers. He was the number four recruit in his class last year. So being good, it's not necessarily a surprise. 
But if you're ahead of where a star like Christian Wilkins was and Brian Brissy, who apparently I, I think people like him down with the Saints training camp. I think I've seen some good comments yeah. and certainly a talented guy. That's a monster thing to have up front to help you out with a guy that you mentioned how much you like at a Parker. And we'll see if Xavier Thomas, even just being available, Thomas to provide some kind of depth, even if he's not going to live up to the top five billing, that would certainly help to go on top of a secondary you believe in. Clemson, if you believe in Clemson overall, you think the offense is going to get better? I don't look. The passing offense has to get better. Okay, Kate Klubnick had two of the top three passing performances last year and only started two games. <laughs> so in both of the games he appeared in, he threw for over 250 yards, something DJU only did once. And then defensively, I can't see them ranking 76th in passing defense again, especially with some of the talent that they have coming back and improving up front. I'd Clemson, this is why you believe in them to beat Florida State in the conference and to possibly get back to the college football playoff as a top four team. Yeah, and one of the reasons why Clemson did have so much success, let's not get get it twisted, Brent Venables running that defense. And so yeah. I'll ask you as we're up against the break, do you think that Wes Goodwin is under tremendous pressure this season? And if this Clemson defense doesn't play up to elite standards that he may be uh, looking elsewhere for employment next year. Yeah, I, I think maybe he has more pressure than Riley Leonard. If Riley Leonard can't be fig- Grant Ry- Garrett Riley. I've done that a million times. It's all good. It happens. Oh, these Riley. Rileys in the ACC. I need one of them to leave. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Riley, go to the NFL already. But no, with Garrett Riley coming in, I think Goodwin has more pressure. Because if Garrett Riley, one, I just expect him to figure it out. I feel so confident the question doesn't even really enter my mind. But even if you don't live up to expectations, that will mean two offensive coordinators that Kay Klubnick didn't figure it out with. So at that point, we just point to Kay as being the problem yeah. and not being Garrett Riley. On defense, you got enough talent where even if you weren't great passing defense-wise, you still were a good overall defense that kept you win games. It allowed you to win the ACC championship despite not having a prolific offense. So Goodwin is the guy, yeah, if you don't get back to some kind of elite status to help out your offense maybe this upcoming season, Goodwin is the guy I'll agree with you more so than Garrett Riley as far as having the pressure. Yeah, I definitely think though Wes Goodwin's going to be under a lot of pressure. I don't think as much as Garrett Riley, but I do think that Wes Goodwin, he's going to need to get this Clemson defense too. They already were in good standings last year, but this defense wants to be great. They want to be elite. They want to be college football playoff championship winning caliber defense. So we'll see if he indeed does get the job done. But when we come back on the Wesson Walker Show, how much do you believe in Frank Reich as a play caller? And could the Panthers make a deal that could lock up the NFC South? That and more on the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
Welcome back to the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Keep the text coming on the text line, 704-570-9610. Coming off of Get on the text line, nerd. Discussion, Big Cat Dan says, yes, Wes Goodwin is, I guess he's saying, under a lot of pressure, and he may be looking for employment if this defense fails. Brissy and K.J. Henry underachieved to me last year. Yeah, and I thought K.J. Henry had a breakout year uh, for them last year, but still uh, the production, he had nine tackles for loss, three and a half sacks, and so I thought he had his best season, but still from a Clemson defensive end, you want to see those numbers getting close to those double digits, if not over those double digits. Yeah, Wes Goodwin, Garrett Riley, you think Garrett Riley still has more pressure. Yeah, the polls uh, also did, too, that we had online. They, they definitely picked him in a pretty sizable margin. They can be wrong. <laughs> I went Chip Lindsay, just for anybody that didn't know. We put out that question. You can follow us on socials at Wes and Walker and Wes at Wes Bryant underscore 72. We put out what coordinator has the most pressure in the entire country and even within the ACC. I went Chip Lindsay because he's dealing with Drake May. You're going with Garrett Riley. Man, I even think we just... Even with Wes Goodwin, I might have Goodwin over, over Garrett Riley. But, Garrett, but the the thing is though is that Clemson's defense is going to be probably at worst a a pretty good unit in the top five in the I mean the top twenty five I'd say in the country and higher than that. But to me, with Garrett Riley, the salary that he's being paid fourth in all of college football, I think it was third as far as two people were tied for second. But you're paying the guy one point seven five million. He's coming off of going to the college football playoffs, and he's expected to get this offense back to what they were used to in the Deshaun and Trevor days. And so I think there's is that true? Yeah, for sure. Trevor and Deshaun. Yes, days. they well, want to get back to the days where they were averaging high thirties, low forties. Because I remember, I think Trevor Lawrence's sophomore year, they were averaging like forty-one a game. But that just means that the expectations are on Cade. Because we define those eras not by the play callers, but by the quarterbacks. Well, this is true, but they also talked about how the offense was antiquated when it was under DJU and that offense. And they were saying how Trevor and Deshaun made that offense uh, what it was because the scheme itself was not like that. But Garrett Riley's coming in with this new scheme and that's supposed to be applying so much pressure to the defense, so much more quarterback friendly, uh, so much more explosive. And I think if fans don't see explosive out of this offense, they're going to be looking like, oh, I thought you were supposed to be this and that, whether it's fair or unfair. Last year, Clemson made – the last time Clemson made the playoff, they averaged 43.5 points per game. That was fourth most in the country. That's the name of the game in college football. you got to score 40 or more to have a chance to win. Except Clemson didn't, and you're right. They didn't make the college football playoff last year. But does that Clemson team in the ACC – need to score 40 or did it just happenstance was it happenstance that they scored 40 and that offense was crazy but we're talking about i would say yes with the quarterback play if we did mount rushmore acc qbs mm -hmm. did you have both deshaun and trevor on that list uh we had trevor in the honorable mention deshaun was on the mount rushmore i can't anticipate cade sniffing that mount rushmore i can't and if we're going I with agree. if we're going with trevor lawrence and deshaun watson being among the best acc qbs we've ever seen and you want, look, you could still score 40 and Cade Klubnick not be among those two QBs that we're talking about. But also, we could just have Cade Klubnick be better than what you had last year. Could you get Cade Klubnick throwing for, I don't know, 
two to three touchdowns per game and averaged 270 yards passing per That'd game. That'd be a great season. I mean, he'd be around 40 touchdown passes. So then maybe we go two. Well, I mean, if you go two to three, you're talking about, you know, 30, right? Because you play 12 yeah, games, two you times by two, 24. you get three, you push in 40. So like, yeah, 30. So let's go 35, right? Let's okay. just go as a total. So you go 35 touchdown passes, you have... I don't know. That's a lot, but it's not Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson as far as what we're looking at. I think if they want to get to scoring 40 points a game, Cade Klebnik's going to – if they if they average that many points a game or close to it, that means Cade is balling. Right. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. I'm putting more of the pressure on Cade, and I guess if, we're, if we have Cade balling and we see him play better than what he did last year, then that will mean Garrett Riley is doing what he was supposed to do. But if Garrett Riley doesn't have this offense humming – that means Cade Klubnick is someone under two offensive coordinators now. Mm-hmm. When it happens in two different situations and those point totals don't go up, and I just have so much confidence that it will. A lot of this is pretty moot for me because I just have I don't have very much doubt at all that the offense is going to be significantly better. And I don't know if it's going to get to Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson levels, but even if you don't score over 40 a game, I expect the defense to be good. And if it's not, that means... We're going to be looking at West because now we have West Goodwin, that is. We can look mm-hmm. at you if you want. But if we look at West Goodwin, we're like, all right, well, we have talent on the defensive line. We have one guy that was supposed to, that could have gone to the NFL draft. He's coming back. You have a rising star in the secondary. You have the best linebacker duo in the conference and maybe in the entire country. So why isn't the defense performing? When if you go to the offense, you have Will Shipley, who's very good. You have Kate Klubnick, who we have one fantastic game from. But that's about it. Some nice throws here and there elsewhere, but that's about it. I think there are more built-in excuses, which is often what we do when we talk about pressure. We look at the built-in excuses. Is there a reason? Is there a logical reason as to why you didn't perform to our expectations? And I think there are fewer of those on defense than there are on offense. Yeah, fans are going to have plenty of smoke for everybody. But like they said, and like Big Cat Dan says, Garrett Riley made Max Duggan into a Heisman contender. We don't hear anybody talking about him as a top-notch NFL prospect at all. So he's asking, are we saying that Kate isn't as talented as Max Duggan? I mean, as far as pure physical talent, he might be more talented than Max Duggan, but Max Duggan still used every ounce that he had to put together that type of season that he had. But I just think, like I said, with the salary and what he's being brought in to do, the reputation he has with the explosive plays, I just think that people are going to be looking at him first and foremost, at least in the first couple of games that the offense isn't doing what it's supposed to do. You know how fans give it up. Hey, I mean, we're paying this guy all this money for what? Why is he getting all this money? Why Why do we do this? Why do we bring him in? We could have kept Brandon Streeter if it was going to be like that. Like, you know what they'll say. I mean, well, the, yeah, you're right. I, anytime we talk about pressure, too, I think people hold money a lot more valuable than I do yeah. when we talk about the pressure, because I don't. Because the, the money stuff, yes, there's pressure that comes with it. But when we talk about job security, mm-hmm. well, it doesn't matter if he gets fired because he's got all this money. Mm-hmm. We're like, yeah, well, these guys are doing it for pride, too. Yeah. I mean, they, we don't have to just hold money as a pressure point here when we talk about it. And you are right. They did pay him the big bucks. It's it, what the money says. It, it is what it says. I also just think the bar is so low. We, we, we're we not going to see a Clemson offense that bad. Hell, man, am I? Need you to hope do- not. I'll make a pretty sizable bet that it's not as bad as it was last year. Like I feel very good that we don't get we don't see only one performance above 250 from Kate Klubnick, like we got from DJU. If Kate Klubnick comes out here and only throws for 250 yards one time, and it's a double <laughs> overtime game to do it, 
then you're right. Garrett Riley needs to have some questions asked about him because I'm going to be shocked because Cade got to 270 and 300 with Brandon Streeter. But I have to imagine that Cade Klumnik is going to come over here and throw for, I mean, damn, 250 yards a game. And DJ, you only got to that once. Yeah, man. I mean, goodness gracious. I cannot see it being that bad. The passing offense being that bad again this year. Ain't yeah, no way. I mean, they were top five in the ACC last year, 33 points per game. But to me, Cade is more advanced as a runner than he is a passer. And then he's a small kid. So you have to factor that in how much he likes to run and he likes to take on contact. So are we talking, if we're talking injury, yeah, that obviously changes any equation. Well, just saying, no, but he's still more adept as a runner than a passer. I don't know that he's that advanced of a passer to put up those kind of numbers. That's, that's the but, but part oh, to me. That's fair, but you didn't even like what he did last year, and he still gave you 270 and 300. And you didn't even like what he gave you last year. Yeah. So even if he's more adept as a runner, and then we can even bring the Max Duggan comparisons into this because he could run too. And that's why, all right, so are you getting somewhat of a carb, not a carbon copy, but something similar? Mm-hmm. It, that That's my point. It's not that I'm out here. I'm actively not. I'm actually saying that Cade Klubnik is not going to be Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson. I'm saying he's going to be a better passer than what DJ showed last year. And the bar is so low. I don't think we wrap our heads around how that passing offense wasn't even close to what it was, like leaps and bounds away. We got two overtimes to get DJU to 370. It's a lot of yards. Man, nothing else outside of that going over 250. That's so low. (laughs) (laughs) See, I, I don't see the numbers per game as far as what DJ did that far off from what I expect from K. Cause I just don't think Kate is a passer. And DJU is a passer. Like that's his game. What? But okay, think about what you just said. Uh-huh. If DJU is a passer, uh-huh. then you must have think Brandon Streeter was the worst thing in the world. Well, that's the thing they talked about. You <laughs> heard DJU say it after he left. He talked about how the offense didn't fit his strength. Sure, he had bad throws. I'm sure people say, oh, he was throwing it in the ground, this, that, and the third. But DJ still said that offense didn't fit the West Coast principles that he was used to playing under in high school that they had promised him that they would at Clemson. Th- that's all fair, but Kate Klubnick, if if that offense fits Kate Klubnick better, I can't imagine Garrett Riley comes in here and has an offense that isn't tailored to their this QB. Is, yeah, and that's the big thing they've been saying is that this offense is what Kate ran in high school, and he should be able to just hit the ground running with Garrett Riley. So, so you expect this off. Offense to be significantly better. I guess. What is your viewpoint on on the? I offense? just like I said. I don't think Cade is the guy. So I'm not. I don't. I don't think that we'll see so the explosives. We could see similar numbers to what we saw last year, around 30 points a game, because the run game, and mm. he'll be able to scheme some guys open where Cade will be able to hit some throws. But I feel like in games where if teams are able to keep them behind the chains and really put the game on Cade and keep him in that pocket. I don't know that he's the pocket passer that's capable of just sitting back there and dissecting defense. So that means that you think the fan perception is going to hold Garrett Riley's feet to the fire, but you will be doing that for Cade because you never thought he was it anyway. I'm go- yeah, I'm going to do it for both as well because from Riley, I want to see, like, is he really going to be implementing some things that are going to make that offense more explosive? Because that's what we've heard coming out of the spring. We've heard the defenders. I know they play for Clemson, but we've heard the defenders talking about how, you know, the, the different crossing routes and all the, the the action that's going on in eye candy in this offense and how explosive, how much faster they go, the pace that they play at. 
you've heard a lot of good things about this offense that would lend itself to them coming out there and just, uh, you know, getting after folks. Well, I guess I'm just trying to get a grip. No, and now we've kind of moved on from the pressure conversation. Mm -hmm. I think there's more pressure on Cade than there is Garrett. I know you put a lot of the pressure on Garrett, and that's fair. I want to know, you do you you have Clemson winning the ACC still. Mm -hmm. You have Duke beating Clemson week one, Mm -hmm. but you also don't believe in Florida State. Who do you have competing with Clemson if you don't think they're as good. I'm just trying to get your view on the ACC as well with Clemson because the way you're talking, it doesn't seem like I think there's going to be a significant offensive change. And if you don't see that, then you got to think their defense is about to be. But last year they still were able to win the league with a pedestrian passing game. But that that's right. That's my point. Yeah. And I think that they'll still be capable of doing that because the defense will be strong. Uh, because, again, the talent alone, the depth that they have is going to uh, beat most of the teams in the league. I think K. Klubnik could be decent enough for them to win the ACC, but he's not going to be a star. And I think at the end of the season, they'll still be wanting more from that position. Yeah, and yeah, we'll, we'll see, man. Like the Clemson offensive coordinator, I, I just have – Ultimately, for me, it comes down to not having any doubt that this offense is going to be de- better. I mean, I'm I'm going to be shocked. I'm going to be shocked if that offense isn't better, especially in the passing. They're not going to be, you know, pushing 70th place again. They can't. I that that I agree with. I don't know if I need to see 44 points per game, but I know that I won't see 230 yards on. I mean, man, God, what a couple of those 230 yard performances from DJ. By the way, were early in the season. We're talking about like opponents against Furman. <laughs> he was not good throwing the football. He well, wasn't great. I mean, he definitely had some times where he definitely didn't show up. But 2,500 yards, 22 touchdowns, seven picks, completed 62% of his passing. I felt like he dwindled off as the season went on. I think the Syracuse game was kind of the start of his downfall for that season. I thought the last really good game he had, he played decent against Louisville and Miami. But before that, I mean, I thought he played some pretty good football. I mean, we're also talking about somebody in 2021 that had more interceptions than he did touchdowns. DJ, you just won it. He wasn't. And I was willing to bake in some excuses for him at the beginning of his season. I actually thought people were being a little too hard on him. We had that conversation. Mm -hmm. And... Man, it just he just never turned it on. We never got to see Notre Dame 400-yard DJU. Right. We got to see it in two overtimes against Wake Forest where that was a shootout, and DJU, you know, scored enough points to win. That was a huge game for him. But, man, more interceptions than you did touchdowns two years ago, 22-7, but you're also not blowing the top off the defense by any stretch. Like, it's Will Shipley time. And now you got Will Shipley, and you got somebody who I think is a better thrower of the football in this offense, whatever excuse you want to give, I would be shocked if this offense isn't significantly better. Okay. Well, we shall see. And we've got some great Panthers topics. I know we didn't get to get to those. We're going to get to those a little bit later in the show because we still want to talk about a trade that could possibly lock up the NFC South for one of Frank Reich's old players and then how much we believe in him as a play caller. So we got a lot of good stuff coming up on that. We're going to go to the campus corner Uh, where we're going to talk about DJU a little bit more and uh, a couple of other topics as well. But for now, let's get to the second Fitty Flash of the day. It's all right to be a little Fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share, might as well smile. Life goes on for a little Fitty. Chiefs defensive tackle Chris Jones 
made it known on social media that he's willing to continue his holdout all the way up until week eight. And he's even willing to forfeit his weekly game check, which in his case is about $1.1 million because, quote, I can't afford it. Uh, Patrick Mahomes said that they expected him to be, I guess, in camp by now. He's not there. This has been a a holdout for a big player that's kind of just flown under the radar this preseason. How much does he impact the Chiefs' chances to defend the Super Bowl title if he's not on the field? I think he affects it big time. We're talking about people saying that this guy is now the best interior defensive lineman in all of football. He is uber disruptive. So I think if Kansas City does not have him to start the season, of course, Patrick Mahomes and the offense will have to step up all the more. And I think they're capable of it, but it's going to hurt this defense something major. I mean, who else do you have on that line? It's Chris Jones, and there's not too many other people that you can depend on to get home to the quarterback. I think Kansas City is going to end up paying Chris Jones. The problem is if he does miss time and this thing goes into the middle of the season, do a good way to offset that is having what could be the best quarterback of all time. So if you can rely enough on that by putting that much more responsibility on Pat Mahomes, then maybe they can navigate it. But, man, it's going to get a lot harder without the best interior defensive line alignment alongside an Aaron Donald. Without that guy on the team, it's going to be a lot harder. No doubt about it. When we come back, as I said, Campus Corner on the Wes and Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Walker Show, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Hit us up on the text line, 704-570-9610. Hit us up on the socials, WFNZ Twitter and Instagram. Also, at WestBarian underscore 72, at Wes and Walker, at Walker Mail, and at HTB underscore Josh. I didn't even see this question, by the way, on Campus Corner. (laughs) I didn't even see it. More Clemson, baby. It is the Clemson hour. Sometimes it just happens like that. Conversation makes us continue to drag something out. And, well, here we are with the DJU question once again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this will be a little bit different, though. Uh, We'll get to do a little bit of comparison. But starting out... Let's get into the campus. Hona. All right. According to an article by Kyle Bonagura of ESPN, Reggie Bush is filing a lawsuit, defamation lawsuit to be exact, against the NCAA. 
former USC running back Reggie Bush. As I said, filing said suit according to his lawyers, quote, the lawsuit is based on the NCAA maliciously attacking his character through a completely false and highly offensive statement that was widely reported in the media and substantially and irreparably damaged his reputation, according to a statement from the law firm McCatherine PLLC. The NCAA statement in question was issued to ESPN along with other media outlets on July 28, 2021, in response to an inquiry about the possibility of Bush having his records and participation restored in light of changes to name, image, and likeness rules that went into effect earlier that month. Because if he is able to have his records restored, then that means he could get his Heisman Trophy back. What do you think about that? Do you think that the NCAA should uh, go back and retroactively take off those sanctions, bans, whatever it was that Reggie Bush had so that he can get his Heisman back? Well, I mean, especially because I never agreed with it in the first place. So, yes, I think he should get his Heisman back. And then you see this from his representatives, the NCAA statement completely false and highly offensive. The McCatherine statement said, as you mentioned, the NCAA knew Mr. Bush was never even accused of, involved in, much less sanctioned for any, quote, pay-for-play arrangement, which never occurred. And this is the definition lawsuit that is coming into effect and so i do hope that reggie bush is able to get his heisman back because also it's not really that big of a deal that's why i want him to get his heisman yeah i hope so too i mean like you said with everything changing now but i feel like is it also a situation to where if they did go back and retroactively change that then they would have to go back and do other stuff for other people who got in trouble for benefits and things of that nature like that would be the interesting part would this open up pandora's box for them to go back to these NCAA cold cases, for lack of a better word, and restore uh, other things that have been taken from other players. Well, I mean, I guess it just depends on even... So, Reggie Bush and his representatives are arguing that it never happened. So, if everybody else actually did do it, and they just got found out on a pay-for-pay arrangement with whoever was giving them improper benefits then they might not have a leg to stand on and you have to say those are the rules you can't win this thing back but all of this is defamation according to reggie bush and his representatives saying no it never happened this pay for play thing it never took place but the investigation that the ncaa put forth on reggie bush they did say that he was a student athlete and accepted cash travel expenses a home in the san diego area where bush's parents lived rent free for more than a year and that for which they were provided ten thousand dollars to furnish and so that was what the actual investigation found out well also too they can just go ask LaShawn mccoy because if you saw him on i am athlete uh, i believe it was last year he basically spilled the beans on the whole usc program and talked about all his different perks that he was a witness to when he was on his visit to Southern California, including oh, nothing Reggie we didn't Bush know. in the crib. Right. <laughs> yeah. Nothing we didn't know. So, yeah, so it was very interesting. But uh, off the back of our last conversation, according to the Oregonian, former Clemson and five-star quarterback DJ Uyangalale was named the starter for the Beavers. We know about everything that he did at Clemson before being replaced by Kay Klubnik, who will start this year. And so now, to put a little twist on the conversation, who do you think will have the better season, DJU or Cade Club? No, I guess it is interesting. I heard Michael Felder with Kyle Bailey yesterday discussing how Oregon State isn't getting enough love and how they're kind of the Duke of well. the Western Conference because you're talking, or the Western side of the country because you're talking about Oregon State coming off of a 10-win season. 
you do have a different QB now with DJU, but DJU is someone that helped Clemson, was the quarterback for Clemson when they won an ACC championship, even if he wasn't the QB during the actual ACC championship game. He ran for a decent amount of yards last year, DJU did. 545 yards for DJU. You look at him on having double-digit attempts per game, but the yard, the average wasn't great. I do wonder if they try to utilize his legs to the same degree, maybe more so. I don't know much about the Oregon State offense. Forgive me. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Cade Klubnick. I, I believe in the offensive coordinator and Garrett Riley coming over. And when Big Cat Dan brought up Max Duggan, did you see the jump that Duggan had from two years ago to what he did last season? Yeah. Monster year. Just a monster leap. So I'm not saying Cade would have a 1,600-yard difference. There were five more games that Duggan played by help of the college football playoff and seeing some of those touchdowns go up because of the amount of games that he played. I just think Cade Klubnick is going to have the better of the year compared to DJU. I would go with uh, DJU. I'm going to say that he's going to have the right. better year because I think that uh, you know he had some he had some solid games for Clemson last year, but I think him finally being in an offense that he feels comfortable in, being in a, a West Coast guy, loving the West Coast system, uh, I think he goes out there to an Oregon State program that's trajectory is pointing up, and I think that they're going to put him in positions he's comfortable with, and I know that he's going to have a big. Uh, chip on his shoulder to go out there and prove a lot of people wrong. Uh, so I think it's going to be fascinating to see the outcomes of both of these quarterbacks because they're going to be linked. And so if DJ is to go on and have a fantastic season, then I wonder how that will look in the eyes of Clemson fans, especially if K doesn't play up to uh, expectations that he has. So it's going to be another fun storyline to look forward to nonetheless as we watch him from afar but he's definitely giving me a reason to watch Oregon State football games I'll tell you that so uh, when we come back on the Wesson Walker show it's time for the live wire that and more on sports radio 92.7 WFNZ